Uh, hi, everyone. I'm going to share a new song called Oneness.
Welcome, everyone. It's just a joy to have you with us again. And uh, yeah, our hearts go out to you wherever you are in the world. These are precious, precious opportunities. <laughs> Love this Zoom format to see all your smiling faces and ah, so precious, so precious, yeah. So excited to have a whole weekend here to explore this deep topic of of the art of inner listening, the humble journey home, and it's uh, it's so important to be able to tune in and to really get in touch with the, the spirit's guidance and the spirit's little promptings for you because that will be the thing that literally takes you and expands your mind, expands your consciousness, gives you that open, wide, wide, wide open awareness that is available always, but it takes a bit of uh, practice and it takes a bit of mind training. And uh, I feel that we're going to have a very, very deep experience together, but also, as you know, we are always so practical and these online retreats are very interactive and that's what's so great about this format that we're using. And some of you have written in questions. We have, yeah, a lot of amazing questions that, that you have written in and prepared. And then also, just as we move through this this experience together, it's just so wonderful when you can bring up your questions or if you have emotions coming up and it's, it's bringing, formulating a question in your mind, that you can let it come out for the benefit of everyone. And we can join together in the art of listening and, and hearing. And yeah, it's going to be a great experience. Kirsten and I are here to open it up in the opening session tonight. And uh, I always think of uh, these Friday night sessions are like a real welcoming. Like it just is such an honor for us to welcome you and to, to really see you and hear you and hear where you're at and, and what's going on, your miracles. And, and if you have questions or struggles or issues, you know, we join so deeply together, but we're, we're kind of getting the heartbeat on Friday night, uh, which will carry us and lead us all the way through the, the whole weekend. And so it's, 
It's quite an honor, and, and it's, uh, we have a lot of things. Kirsten was just saying, it just feels so full. This topic is just filled with opportunities for, for us. Yeah, it feels, it feels epic for some reason, this, this topic. And I think it's because it's, it's our whole path. It's, it's all that we're doing is, <clears throat> is in this direction of learning to listen inwardly. And it is very, very simple. And I, I think that's a big part of, of the message and the experience we're going to join in throughout the weekend is how simple it is uh, and yet also how, how profound and expansive and deep and beautiful and vibrant it is to really come into this experience of who we are through this inner listening and, and letting this direction of inner listening become uh, our whole life be the purpose of our life, the function of our life, and the direction for all that we do. So I'm really, really inspired <laughs> by this topic. It is so full. It's you can. We, it incorporates everything. It includes every aspect of our life um, because it's our mind and the direction of home, and that is what our all of our lives are about and what we are joined in. This is our shared purpose together. I just read a line in the course right before we came down here where the Holy Spirit said, you, you don't remember how to look within because you don't believe that that's where your home is. We've been so busy looking out, seeking without, seeking elsewhere for our home, for the solution, for peace out there that we've forgotten how to look within. And so this is actually a, a training. It's a remembering that we're, we're learning to do to, to really realize that the answer is in the direction of our listening. And from there, we receive the answer because the Holy Spirit's uh, mission for us is this, it is going within. And he provides the goal as well. Whereas when we're seeking without, we're seeking for some elusive goal. Whereas his mission for us is to provide us with the goal. <laughs> and so the more we can come into uh, this alignment with this direction, uh, the simpler everything becomes. And, and we come into this unified awareness that it is right here it is so simple um, mm -hmm. yeah it's beautiful it's yeah we've we've all grown up with a lot of uh, programming and conditioning and and that conditioning is pointed at externals whether we're talking about our, the body or uh, behavior our own behavior, the behavior of others, uh, seeking outside for acceptance, seeking outside for approval, for love, taking our cues from um, what people's faces are doing. Are they smiling? Are they frowning? Uh, you know, it's almost like the whole ego belief in um, 
and being a person and being a, a body identity is so shaky that uh, there's something inside of us that's always very insecure and very anxious about this uh, body identity and it's looking for cues, lots of external cues and it's always judging the behavior, you know, it's always evaluating, criticizing, judging the behavior and we really need to be intuitive, we need to turn within and and really come into that contact with spirit, be interdirected, so that we go from an experience of just reacting and responding to the people and to the images and sights and sounds of this world, which we have become very accustomed to, and then we have to learn to line up and step back, you might say step back within and as Kirst was saying, follow those inner prompts and become very inner-directed uh, if we're going to free our mind from this uh, familiarity of time and space. And we need to expand, and the Spirit uh, knows the way. It's, it's interesting to think that all of our past learning has been part of this false identity, this mask, and we're not really asked to improve the mask. Uh, more so, we're asked to come within and and follow those prompts more and more consistently, so that we can we can let go of our attention on the mask and our concern about our personality and the, the personalities that we have surrounded ourselves with. So, this inner listening is like. Uh, it is like an art in the sense that it, you have to become very practiced at it in order to relax into it and let it become as natural and as easy as breathing. Uh, this new way of, um, of, of facing the world, but through these, these inner prompts. And, you know, it, I know for us it's been such a journey where you, you start in this where you just feel you need, you need healing, you need... You want to come to peace of mind, but you don't exactly know the way it's going to go. It's not like it's a, it's a plan that's um, laid out in bullet points for you. You have to start tuning in on how you feel and coming to that honesty of how you feel to, to begin to clear the mind away. Because without that sense of honesty, uh, you know, you're still looking outside for clues, what are other people doing, you know, looking into books. Uh, of Course in Miracles has been very helpful for us, but that's in one sense, uh, like you were sharing on the, the little Facebook Live we did, that, that's a good start for this uh, art of, of inner listening because the Course is such a magnificent use of words. Mm -hmm. And we're used to thinking in terms of thoughts and words of this world. And so it's a very focused uh, use of words. And that's why the Course will say, you know, that this course is a course in happiness. And, and uh, this is your escape. But um, you really have to have willingness to totally learn the Course, you know, to give yourself over really to that inner listening that is, that is behind, the presence behind a Course in Miracles. So it's like our, that's our springboard. That's where many of us started this journey. Yeah. 
Yeah, like a, a cry for help. <laughs> we all called out for help. And then this was the form that the help came in with a lot of very clear instructions uh, to help us learn to direct our mind and, and learn. And the whole goal of the course is to get in touch with your internal teacher, you know, get in touch with this internal guide. And then, you know, as Jesus describes, you know, he will guide you. And uh, so our curriculum is the same. We all have the same uh, purpose and function, which is forgiveness. And yet it's very individualized as to how the Holy Spirit helps each of us unwind from our fixed positions uh, within our mind of, of who we think we are and, and what we believe you know, that we are and how we are and how we fit into this world and all of the unconscious layers of beliefs in our mind. So it takes a master psychologist and a bright light <laughs> to, to guide us <laughs> to know, you know, it's gonna, it takes the source that's beyond the battlefield, beyond the human thinking to, to guide us. And, and that's what we have to keep tuning into. Like whatever our situation is, whatever we perceive uh, the situation is, is we're turning we're turning to a guide that is beyond the situational thinking, and yet this guide um, will guide us in a way that we can understand, you know, to be unwound from how we perceive ourselves to be stuck. So it's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing that we have access to this help, this practical source of help. Um, and... And our function, like I've, as I've been praying about the retreat, I keep tuning into the, uh, the special function that we have. You know, each of us have a special function. And like I said, our function is forgiveness, which is the same. And yet we have in our lingo, often we call it assignments. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. We have assignments that are given to us and they're like a temporary role or assignment that has a purpose of giving us something to focus our mind on or in, something to collaborate with the spirit in, and often with someone else, but the purpose of it is always for forgiveness. It's for undoing the self-concept and opening up to realizing that we're more expansive than we thought we were <laughs> beforehand. And that's been like our experience over and over again is to keep accepting these assignments that come in from the spirit, accepting these prompts that come in from the spirit and going through the, the experience of them. And then, then comes the prompt to let go of the assignment or when there's a completion, and that can involve just as much healing as daring to, to say yes to them. Because each time we, we say yes to follow the Spirit, it's a yes to something new. It's a yes to forgiveness. And, and what is forgiveness? But it is releasing us. It's releasing our mind from 
what we know is familiar. So every time we go through this forgiveness process, we're going into a state that is unknown to us, which can be a little scary. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, after so many of these assignments, practical assignments and guidances, you come through and you're just convinced more and more by the, the miracles and the trust that gets developed by the spirit that we're showing, wow, every step of the way when we follow the spirit, it's not into oblivion. It's not into some unknown abyss. It's actually into a more solid awareness of the spirit and the fact that I can listen and follow. Yeah. yeah these, these assignments are so important. You know, it's, uh, for a lot of people who are into metaphysics and studying and, and uh, the intellect, it can be a real temptation uh, to pick up A Course in Miracles and kind of thumb through it and say, okay, what's, what's the gist or what's the summary of this? And uh, the course really isn't meant to be used that way. I've had people now, I've been doing the course for over 30 years and, and going to a lot of Course in Miracles groups and meeting a lot of people and, and people will kind of greet me and smile and it's going, wow, yeah, it's quite a book that this world's an illusion. And if, if we had the world's an illusion to put it somewhere on the alphabet from A to Z, that's Z. Uh, you shouldn't be messing with the world is an illusion. Uh, that is something that the ego can actually use to, uh, to depress you. <laughs> as you think because if you start working with the world's an illusion at a and then you start thinking why do i feel so rotten <laughs> or why are, why are my emotions on up and down such an emotional roller coaster ride uh all for an illusory world you know basically it's almost like you're showing up uh to practice a play a, a, a pretty i would say it's going to be a pretty long-running play Let's say you're doing a play for off-Broadway or for Broadway, and you're showing up for the first reading, and, you know, the director is passing out the parts, and you've got your little part to read and everything like this, and you're not going to be telling the director, hey, listen, the world's an illusion. I don't even want to read this uh, part because uh, it's what's the point uh, of, of playing a part? Well we're quite accustomed to playing a lot of parts. The ego has, has programmed us to play a lot of roles based on the belief system that we're holding on to. And it would teach us that we are these roles. In other words, it would teach us that, that our identity are these roles and personas that we play out. And the Course is teaching us that we are more, much, much, much more than those. But, but we have to participate like in a play with our special function in which uh, it's given to us moment by moment, the words to speak, the, where to go, what to do. You know, we're used to uh, uh, this pre-programmed package of the ego uh, and just getting stuck into these repetitive roles uh, that really have one purpose in mind, and that's to keep you 
so mesmerized by the images of this world that you'd never remember the light of heaven and you never go within to find out who you truly are. Uh, it's almost like if you, if you think of the body like a marionette and, uh, and a marionette has strings, it's, the real question is, is what is the purpose in your mind that you're going to hold on to? And, and that could be translated in that puppet metaphor to who is holding the crossbow? Is the, is the Holy Spirit moving the, the marionette strings or is the ego moving the marionette strings? And, and those two purposes, the ego's purpose for the puppet and the Holy Spirit's purpose for the puppet are extremely different. One will lead to heights of happiness and the other leads to variations of misery and guilt and pain and shame, challenges, difficulties. Um, so really the question, what is it for? What is, what is my, my dream for? If this is a play, what is the play for? If, if this is something that I've identified my life with, the real question is, what is it for? I must get clear of the purpose in order to heal my mind. And I like to come back to a little bit to the metaphysics. Like this world was made by the ego, this entire cosmos, to keep you mindless. It wants you to be so identified with the body that you may say, I have... I have eyes, I have ears, I have a nose, I have a mouth, I have a brain. Uh, you know, it, it wants you to be so identified with the dream character, with the puppet, that, that you do everything with regard to the puppet as if the puppet is your home and as if God and spirit doesn't even exist. So in one sense, you could say that this world was made to keep you mindless, and then, as you begin to surrender your life, maybe you just have a surrender moment where you say, God, I give you my life, I give you everything in my life. Please lead me. Please show the way. Please guide me. What you're really saying is, is take me back toward my mind. Help me see that, that everything I perceive is thoughts in my mind. And then, even beyond that, please help me forgive these attack thoughts, these thought forms, these images that, that are part of this ego system, and help me come even deeper in toward the real world, toward the happy dream where I'm not attached to any of these thought forms anymore, that I no longer choose to hold on to grievances or attack thoughts and then you start to feel more and more freed but also more like you're just like you're beholding the world not like you're not like you're a a dream figure that's just stuck on the screen you you can come back more and more and more into that deeper mystical experience and so yeah what we can talk about too is really this this and this has been our life. The time we first met when I met Kirsten in New Zealand, uh, that was quite a few years ago, and we've been taken on a journey of, of healing in the mind. And there's been many phases and aspects, uh, and we 
we've talked about some of those phases. Sometimes that's important too, uh, because oftentimes people are going through these phases and they can be quite difficult at times and, and they're just phases, they will pass as well. But it's been an opportunity for us to get so connected in mind, so in purpose that you can really feel everything is just being orchestrated. There's so many miracles that come to convince you uh, that, that you're not these characters uh, and that becomes more and more transcendent, you know, as you go along. But there is this glee and joy and happiness that's there even from the beginning when you first start to give it over and just say, show the way. Uh, because as long as the ego program is running, you know, it's going to have ambitions for the future, goals for the future. It, and if it does have goals for the future, it's going to have outcomes that it prefers. Uh, and, and those things are, are time goals. And the goal of the course and the goal of forgiveness is really taking you off that, that timeline, you know, to a state of contentment and relaxation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how every step of the way, it's, it's like a, the, the Spirit's purpose is to keep opening us up to a state of mind that's free. And, and then what I've noticed is like there's an opening and a sense of freedom, but then the ego will be right there ready to like lock into position and say, okay, good. <laughs> now I know something, now I do something, this is who I am, this is my role. <laughs> and it becomes a fixed position. And then before you know it, you're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> this is like the self-concept again. I feel, I feel trapped by it. Now, you know, can anyone relate to that feeling? Like you open up and then kind of locks. And, and so the spirits almost, it's always, yeah, just opening up, saying, no, no, remember the goal. Remember the goal. It's forgiveness. It's expansion. Like no matter how wonderful this is and what you're into now. You remember the purpose behind it all. You know, and I will keep taking you like higher and higher. So, yeah, I think, when I think of just like the different phases and things, just even the taking on, I remember way back, you know, when we were, at the peace house and, and, and then this beginning phase of more and more people wanting to come to join in, like in this purpose and, and, and be part of a community. I remember like the Kirsten character at the time was like, no, no, I don't want people to come <laughs> because there was such a sense of personal responsibility. I believed that I would have to take care of the people or know what to do with them, you know, or, or be the counselor, be the one who knows, you know, and it's just a lot of washing of that that just had to happen through being willing to accept the means that the Holy Spirit provided. So the people came, you know, why, who for? <laughs> it was for me. Like that's how I can see all of it. That's how all of us, can approach this journey it's all for me if my calling is awakening then the holy spirit's going to use this world and use what i believe in including people to bring me the opportunities i need to transcend you know, 
what is in my mind. And, and so, so many of these experiences like community coming and then, yeah, going through taking on different functions of overseeing or um, stepping into huge commitments, like really big commitments. Remember, even lifelong commitment to everyone who comes and you are it's like Jesus says every relationship is a total commitment whether it's for a five minutes no five seconds a year five years 50 years the approach is a total commitment because when you you give that commitment then you're honoring this relationship with God that is behind it you know, if the Holy Spirit's brought it to you for your healing, give 100% to be able to receive the gift and really that it's for you in order to have the healing you know, and, and come in full freedom that, that every encounter provides us with. And then just seeing the different phases, like just recently, for me, it was daring to let go. Like actually really of concept, any concept in my mind that I am responsible for community, that, that I'm, I went on this, this healing traveling mission that Jesus had me on one-way tickets for this last number of months. And in my mind a few times, I'd be, when am I going back to Camus? And Jesus is like, no, you're not going back to Camus. I'd be like, what do you mean I'm not going back to Camus? <laughs> You say, you're not going back. This is a one-way mission. No. And it's, I say, okay, in the future, when am I going to Camus? No, <laughs> you're not going to Camus in the future either. And, and then finally, I really realized and relaxed into his goal. He said, I'm taking you into the holy instant. Into the holy instant. Your idea of going back is the past. It doesn't exist anymore. And right now you're of the past it's not there either stay with me and I will guide you to stay in this mission and then allow this healing in my mind of wow what does that mean what does that mean what does that mean to the point where does it even exist anymore you know who am I who am I if if all of this is forgiven from my mind and then what a gift when I'm guided to be here in Camus now, and it feels like a breath of fresh air. Has, it feels brand new. It feels like the past is gone. I'm not the past. There is no, there is no past. It's fresh. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a state of mind. So. It's beautiful mm. to, start to, to start to look at the the, the whys and the what fors underneath. I, imagine that, you know, you're going along on this planet, you're trying to live your life the best you can, and then uh, and suddenly you have a book that comes into your life that says, you know, you're asleep and dreaming. And you say, well, no, I, I dream at night. He says, no, no, all your time is spent in dreaming. That's all you're doing is dreaming. You're asleep and dreaming. You forgot who you are, you forgot love, you forgot light, you forgot spirit, you forgot God, 
And, and now you've put yourself to sleep. It's a self-induced sleep. Okay? It's not, nobody puts you to sleep. It's self-induced sleep. And, and even with the self-induced sleep, it's saying there is a wake-up mechanism. You, you know, the spirit loves you so much that, okay, you induce the sleep. Uh, you have a wake-up mechanism. So that's a good question you might ask right away when you're asking about what's the purpose really of the art of listening? What's it for? Why do I want to listen? Uh, let's start to look at the motives. Why do I want to even listen? Why do I want to tune into my intuition, to my higher power, to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus? It's to get in touch with that wake-up mechanism. Uh, if you're asleep and dreaming, and it's already a self-induced, it's almost like a self-induced coma uh, that you've got, but you have a wake-up mechanism, wouldn't you like to access the wake-up mechanism? Uh, isn't it great, first of all, that we have a wake-up mechanism? Hallelujah. Thank God. Do I hear an amen for wake-up mechanism? <laughs> I mean, isn't that, isn't that great that there's a wake-up mechanism? Now, the next thing would have to be, am I really interested in activating the wake-up mechanism? And I think you have to look honestly at your life you can start to look at why wouldn't I want to activate this wake-up mechanism to go home to my true reality, to be free of suffering and to be free of problems and free of all kinds of difficulties. It's like sometimes I talk about addictions or sex addictions or drug addictions and everything. No, we, you might say that when the mind is asleep and dreaming, it has addiction to choice. It's addicted to choice. It likes choice. In fact, the more choices, the better. Why do people work so hard to get all this money? Why do you have careers? Why do you do all these meaningless things to earn these green paper strips and metal disc and, and fill up bank accounts? Is because there seems to be a lot of fun in, in having choices. In, and having a menu of choices, diverse choices to pick from. And so you might say that the sleeping mind now, it's when it thinks of oneness, which was the song that uh, Stava played for us, you know, it's the first reaction of the sleeping mind is like, oh, that sounds a bit bland. Uh, that's a bit boring. Uh, uh, but there are no choices in oneness, so there's an addiction, there's an attraction to these choices. And there's also an attraction to, you might say, being in charge of the choices. So this is going to get at the heart of why we need the art of listening. Because as long as you feel that attraction, like, wow, I like the ability to choose, and I like that I have many options and the more the better. As long as you're in that pattern, you're still trying to be identified with the ego and the world. In oneness, in heaven, there are no choices. It's choiceless love. It's choiceless light. It's just isness. It's like Jesus says in the workbook, we say God is and then we cease to speak. So, when we talk about these assignments, the first thing that's important is to start to realize that when you pray to wake up, 
when you pray to have that wake up mechanism activated, when you're in that beam me up, God, beam me up spirit, you're actually saying, I'm going to give this choice mechanism to you. And I would like you to, this is a prayer from A Course in Miracles, Holy Spirit, decide for God for me. You see, there's where the surrender comes in. That's what the art of listening is all about. It's not just about getting good guidance so you can live a, have a better earth life, or you can have more choices, more prosperity in terms of worldly, linear terms, more money, more choices, more opportunities in the world. You know, the ego can make a pretty good scheme out of that whole thing too, in order to keep you sleeping and not activating that wake-up mechanism. So I think uh, I would have to say that when I first consciously realized I needed help, I needed, I needed to turn towards something that would take me beyond my perception, my distorted perception of the world, that, that was really the prayer of my heart. It was like, you're going to have to show me the way. I cannot personally be in charge of this awakening. Why would I think that a dream character uh, could, could be in charge of the awakening from the entire dream? It seems to me that the dream character is part of the identity that was made to block me from even searching for the wake-up mechanism and trying to get in touch with it. And then these assignments we talked about, these situations, these opportunities that come to us, the biggest thing I can tell you about those is when you pray for healing, when you pray for peace, when you say, I want the peace of God, and I mean it, I'm, I'm sincere now, I really am. I've, I've been through this loop, Groundhog Day group, loop enough. I am very sincere about wanting peace when you do, the Spirit will orchestrate time and space, sending just the opportunities, the situation, the assignments, the relationships that you need to get in touch with what you're still not aware of, what, whatever's still buried, whatever these unconscious beliefs and programs that are still running, they need to come up. They need to come up and get exposed to be released. As soon as I understood this from the course, I, I was actually welcoming of assignments and situations and relationships. I wanted to hear the prompt to call so-and-so to go out, even though I was at the time very shy and very shut down, very emotionally uh, stuffed, and I was not in good shape <laughs> at the beginning. When the course came into my life, I, it was not a good... Uh, good situation, but the Spirit's like, hey, listen, whatever you perceive, we'll start there. Uh, there's, there's a lot we have to go through in terms of the healing process, but we'll start there. And then I started to, in spite of my shyness and my fear of people and my being blocked in my emotions, I started not only to immerse myself in the course, but really start to pay attention to those inner prompts. And a lot of them, uh, it wouldn't take long before it kind of activated, like be ready for some travel, like Kirsten just had her one-way tickets. That was a, a journey, that was an adventure that 
bore much fruit uh, for your awareness uh, by listening, trusting, and then stepping through it. And so that's what I would say is you really need to, to first look honestly at how important it is to want to hear. We are told in A Course in Miracles that, that we have a fear to look within. We're told that we actually have a resistance to listening to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus says, there are many answers you have received but have not heard. You might say the Holy Spirit, we call upon the Holy Spirit for help, the Holy Spirit answers immediately, and the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to us. God's voice speaks to me all through the day. Do I want to hear it? Uh, to the extent that I'm invested in maintaining a personal identity and a personal little menagerie of, of self-concept, oh no, you're not going to want to hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to be the threat, the great undoer. <laughs> <laughs> the great dismantler and the ego is like, you don't even want to go there. Just hold on to your little world and hold on tight and try to make the best of it, but not for the wake up mechanism. If you're really going to wake up, you're going to be willing to let that guide you. So that's very different. Think about that in terms of your relationship. There's this something about thinking, I'll, I'll decide the foods I eat. I'll decide uh, the people I relate to. I'll decide if I'm going to be single or married. I'll decide where I'm going to live. I'll decide how I'm going to live. I'll decide my, my job. I'll decide my career. And then suddenly, when you see the need to, for the wake-up mechanism, you suddenly realize that you're going to have to let go of all of those decisions. And you're going to have to say, be you in charge, I would but follow. You decide for me. Decide for God for me. So, so the Holy Spirit is like a, a going to unwind the mind through the mechanism of decision uh, and choice, which the ego made up. Remember, there's no choice in heaven. It's just isness. But the ego made up the mechanism. Now you've got to give the mechanism over to the Holy Spirit and Jesus for the wake-up to occur. The only way that the wake-up mechanism gets activated is loosening this idea that you think you are personally in charge of the awakening. This is where the stress comes in. And, and I know we talk about this a lot on these online retreats, that when, when the questions come in and there's challenges, there's anxieties, there's, there's difficulties and so forth, it's still a reflection of this belief that somehow you have to personally find your way out of the dream or that you have to personally choose your way out of the dream. When What I'm telling you is the decisions, the choices are all in the mind and there's not many to make. There's actually, you, you're always picking every second between one of two options, your right mind, the Holy Spirit, and the wrong mind, the ego. Talk about simple. That's what Kirsten was saying at the beginning. This, is, this art of inner listening is extremely simple. It's not simple if you believe that you have, you're in a maze, you're in a labyrinth of complexity, and somehow you have to find 
the pathway out of that maze. It's not simple at all. In fact, it's actually impossible. It's the maze and the labyrinth are designed to keep you from going inside and getting in touch with your function, your special function, your true calling. And so you really need to come back inside and get clearer and clearer on your purpose. For example, with a career, instead of like picking from all these different career options, the question really is, what's the purpose of the career? What purpose does the career serve? Even in terms of like, if you, you have a significant other, a spouse, a husband, a wife, believe it or not, the question deeper in the mind is still the same. Is this serving my awakening? Is this part of the unwinding of my belief system, uh, the unwinding of my self-concept, the loosening of my self-concept, taking me, opening me to the miracle, opening me to the correction in my mind. And you could say the same with, with job experiences. You could say the same with so many things in this world. And that's something that when we first came together and joined, that was the, the content of our conversations. That book that you wrote, I, I Married a Mystic, there's a lot of what is the purpose? What is the underlying purpose underneath there? That, that was like a key, key idea. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite, <laughs> quite amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and so practical. Like even coming back to the simplicity of like, what happens first thing when I actually wake up? Like this inner listening and decision starts the second we, be, we wake up in the morning before our eyes even open. Am I going to ask within, okay, I woke up. Does that mean I'm to get up or do I choose sleep? <laughs> and how many just automatically go, oh, no, I'm not ready. I'm just going to go back to sleep. No. <laughs> so even that very first thing in the morning, and this was something that inspired me about David when he would get a prompt at three in the morning to get up. Like he would wake up, so he would get up. And at three in the morning, which actually is quite common for a lot of people who've gone very deeply into the spiritual journey, three in the morning seems to be like a really precious prayer time. You know, the rest of the world at least in whatever part of the world you're in, <laughs> is in a hushed quiet. So it's a time for prayer and answering, counseling emails and really being with the spirit. But even that indicates like first thing, as soon as I become aware of my mind, what do I do with it? Do I give it over to the care of the Holy Spirit? Because that's how I start my day, actually then. Not when I decide later on after I've snoozed a few times that I, you know, well, maybe I get up now. So first thing, really first thing, it's like a decision. It's a decision in mind. And then it's, it's so practical. Just in those early days, I remember just seeing that I was on automatic pilot. And my, my purpose for doing things was very body-oriented or so many unconscious beliefs in my mind of which was the purpose running my actions you know what we do comes from what we think so you know 
I just became aware more and more by how I felt as I tuned in. How do I feel? Am I really being guided by the spirit? As I'm in the bathroom, as I'm taking my shower, do I feel like I'm guided by the spirit right now? Or am I like rushing or pushing or I'm not even here? You know, my mind is elsewhere. Because every moment we're worthy of being in prayer and being with the spirit. God's will for us is perfect happiness. That means consistent happiness. That means all the time, not just at little prayer time moments when we feel that we can give that time to God. It's, it's coming into this 24-7 connection through learning to listen within, turning the attention inward. So a lot of the training is this letting go of the personal doer and opening up to this presence of the spirit within our mind. And another one of very, very practical ways that I started learning about this was even in conversations. When I'd be having a conversation and I remember there was someone talking and, and they were like da, 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 all over the place. And, and I was trying to follow the words and, and, and then I would just get tired or feel like oh, I don't want to be here anymore and try to shut it out or stop the conversation. Or, and then I realized, oh, that's right. I can, I can listen inwardly. I can listen within. I can listen. What is the Holy Spirit's message here? How would you have me interpret this? What is your answer? So it's, it's a practice that we come into all the time of listening within. And then it's in alignment with this inner presence that, that literally transforms our world. You know, because it transforms every interaction. It's like a different purpose even for a conversation. When you're with the spirit, you bring a different purpose to the conversation. I remember that you know, after you'd been holding a gathering one time and you know, there's someone even asking a question and they're like, and just watching David, just like you could tell his mind wasn't going all over the place. <laughs> his mind was just present and listening and still. And then the answer would come and it didn't seem to be related to much of where the words had gone at all. Because there's this anchored awareness of the inner listening and letting the answer, letting the solution come from here. So it's a yeah. transfer of that. Yeah. Awareness. It's, a, it's mind training. You know, mm. It's a course in mind training. And at that point I was doing a gathering and the gentlemen seemed to be quite scattered. And, and even the audience, after we took a break, uh, the, somebody came up to me from the crowd and said, I didn't understand his question until you gave the answer. In other words, they couldn't even follow what he was trying to ask until the Holy Spirit answered, and then they understood the, what the question was. Because it's always a call for love. It's always a call to be reminded you're loved, you're perfect, you're innocent, you're, you're so wonderful, you're, you're so important. You know, that's, that's really what 
the call is underneath the gyrations of the ego. It's really just a call, call for love. And, um, and I'm thinking too, practically, when Kirsten and I first came together and, and you flew over uh, to the United States from New Zealand, um, for example, what's the purpose of a house? Uh, this, this little uh, green cottage uh, that we called the Peace House, um, actually at the time when Kirsten first came over, um, it was so dedicated in purpose that um, it was like, you might say the Holy Spirit and Jesus were helping me do a global ministry out of this house in Cincinnati, Ohio, with communications, uh, with people all over the world. I had done uh, lots of traveling, and I was guided to this house, and then that became like my cave, my modern-day cave with communication telephone and internet and so on and so forth but even that just coming over there and landing at that house the you know when Kirsten said to me how can I be helpful my entire staff everyone that was working with me in this global ministry had had left and so she was coming to a house with cats <laughs> and Actually, the cats don't answer the phone. They, didn't, they don't do email. <laughs> they, they're wonder little cuddle buddies, <laughs> cuddle sisters, but you know, they don't actually help a lot with the communication and everything. And so I remember from the beginning, it was like, well, when the phone rings, you can answer the phone. Kirsten, just from landing, just showing up, even though at the time you had a bit of a head injury and some some disability going on just by answering the phone and you, the desire to be truly helpful in this purpose you know you start to feel this heat this energy coming coursing through you coursing through because it was such a strong call it was like a global call coming through that phone and just picking up the phone was like an introduction in one way it's like taking you in to this higher calling to this higher purpose and then it just goes from there. You know, it's like you, you, it just continues and continues. You continue to have opportunities to what we call to be done through, to join in prayer, join in purpose, and then let the spirit, you know, move the puppet. Let the, let the spirit orchestrate the, the encounters, orchestrate everything that comes giving you a chance to truly learn how to be done through because it's not the person who is who is really doing anything that's something that it ha has to happen for oftentimes many many times sometimes for many years before you start to relax so beautifully and you start to have these experiences like we talk about now where there's there's no personality involved there's no personal motive involved there's no struggle involved it's just you know when you just learn to decide with god every decision becomes as easy and as right as breathing and it's as if you will be carried down a quiet path in summer that's one of those beautiful lines from the course that when you first read it it's like wow that's amazing i want that <laughs> i want to be carried down like a quiet path in summer. I want all my decisions to be given to me so that it's as easy and as right as breathing. 
And it does take just a willingness of, to turn your mind over and to loosen from this idea and the personal identity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Quite amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. And I'm, yeah, and to be able to witness to just the beauty, like that is the experience that I've been having, like of this, that, when I was just taking a walk in California, just before I flew back here, it was this, I was just prompted to take a walk. And I was staying at my friend Jen's in San Rafael. She's here online joining us. And uh, she lives um, in this area with these big rolling hills right behind her place with these miles of walking tracks out in nature. But I was guided to, to walk down into town. I'm like, okay, spirit. I'm open. So I went for this walk. And as I was walking, I could just feel this presence of God. And my mind was just filled with gratitude as I was walking, just, just saying, thank you. Like I couldn't stop saying thank you. Just thank you. Thank you for everything. And then I could feel this gratitude for the trees providing the shade and grateful for the flowers I was going by. They just were so beautiful. And thank you for the wind that was so cool. And the more I was in this gratitude, you know, there's a, there's a line in the course, God cannot be far behind a grateful heart and a thankful mind. It's like this awareness of God just became stronger and stronger until that's all that there was. And the birds literally were singing from me. And they came and they landed right by my feet, like saying, yes, yes, <laughs> we're singing. Thank you, too. <laughs> we're so, we know, we know. <laughs> thank you for waking up and singing with us. You know, that's what it felt like. Like no one's realizing how amazing this is. <laughs> and then I could hear almost like the whispering through the leaves and the trees as I was walking down this road, like they were whispering the name of God. It is and then I felt like, oh, I could, I'd like to just stop and, and, and rest right now in the shade. And I looked to my right. I'm on a busy road with lots of traffic, and there's a rest area <laughs> right there. Not just any rest area. There was this, this ancient tree with a rock, like a block-shaped rock, like the, sh the rock that you see in paintings where Jesus is resting his elbows on it, praying and speaking to God. <laughs> So I'm there looking at this biblical rest area, and then there is a cross. And I was like, why is there a wooden cross in a rest area in a San Rafael highway? <laughs> like, and then I walked closer into this rest area. I saw there were benches, these beautiful shade trees, and it was a drinking fountain. I thought, wow, how symbolic. The cross is now providing water, like drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was so symbolic that it was all being provided. It felt like I was transported through time. And I carried on this walk and oh, before I moved on, I sat there and I could just feel this awareness of of God providing everything. Absolutely everything. He always did. And then I just heard this voice so clear saying, just 
remember this always. I will provide for you. I provide everything for you. And I carried on this walk. I went down to Panera Bread. I ordered a salad. They said, would you like granola and yogurt with that for free? It's complimentary. I'm like, okay. Would you like free bread roll with that? Okay, sure. Would you like fresh water with lemon? We'd, we'd like to give you Okay, thank you. It was just like this over-the-top experience of him saying, okay, I'm just going to shower you with so much abundance <laughs> that it's almost humorous. And I went into the store, I found the exact socks that I needed, and I walked by a chocolate store and I felt this prompt, go into the chocolate store. And I walk in and this young lady says, oh, hi, here, I want you to try this one, it's delicious. <laughs> So I tried this chocolate cream. It was the most divine chocolate I've ever had in my life. It was so delicious. And then I thought, I've got to get Jen some chocolate. I need to take some home for her. And I knew she only had dark chocolate. That's all that she, she could eat. So I was looking through all these chocolates, and, and I saw one, just pure dark chocolate. It took me a, a good five minutes just there because I was in quite a mystical state of mind. And just so enjoying being there. There was no sense of hurry. And I left the store and started walking back up and, uh, and Jen came to pick me up uh, partway. She kept writing. She said, you don't need to walk all the way back. I'll come and get you. So I thought that's a good idea. So she came and picked me up and we got back. I said, I have chocolate for you. And she said, oh my God, I can't believe you have chocolate for me. She said, I was here at home and we'd been having these one-minded experiences of hearing the exact same thing. And she was feeling this trust developing, like, wow, I really am hearing the spirit. When I was out, she said to the Holy Spirit, if Kirsten comes back with chocolate for me, <laughs> then I know to trust you. <laughs> and I know that you're communicating with me. She's like, I can't believe you came back with chocolate. <laughs> <There> she is. <laughs> oh, it's just amazing, amazing to have these experiences. Yeah. That's the point yeah. of the art of listening is to be convinced that everything that you perceive is part of your mind, that it's this unified communication. It's like it's not like there's an external world. It's like it's, it's a dance. You're perceiving a beautiful dance, a beautiful, harmonious, unified dance. And, and you might say that, you know, Jesus or the Holy Spirit is like the Lord of the dance. And, uh, and that's how you're perceiving the dance is because you're with the Lord of the dance. And, and that's the only way you can see it. You can't really perceive it unless you're in alignment with the Lord of the dance. And then you start to realize what, it's always been this way. Like when you have those experiences of connection, you think, oh my God, this is, this is the way it really is. I'm, I'm seeing clearly. I can see clearly now the rain has gone. You, know, you start to really go, wow, this is amazing. So when we're talking about the art of listening, it is for the convincing. It is for that miraculous, unified perception where you see that there's nothing apart from you. There's nothing outside of you. 
even what um, we could call like mystical experiences, um, you know, they, it may seem that you go for years without having a mystical experience, but I will tell you, as you really get into the art of listening, they, they come more and more. In fact, uh, Kirsten was sharing that she's been traveling for months. I haven't seen you. You've been a months and months and months. We saw each other over in Spain, but you've been a, a traveling all around the world. Uh, New Zealand, Japan, twice, twice, <laughs> India. India. I mean, just all over the place on these one-way flights, and and then uh, right before she was coming over here to Utah, uh, she sent me this a very short little message on uh, on Facebook Messenger, in and out of mystical experiences all day long. So that was kind of oh well, Kirsten's in and out of mystical experiences all day long. From over the years, we know that when those kind of happen, then you're just kind of gone from the world. Um, and so uh, I was aware of that. And then I was aware when she was flying in, and uh, Svava and I went down to Salt Lake City, had a little communication knowing that you were coming in. Uh, we were going to uh, run some errands and then got this inner prompt to go see this Luc Besson movie. And uh, five years ago, uh, when we, the whole community went to see a Luc Besson movie called Lucy, uh, that was when Helena sprung into, just was in a mystical uh, state of mind, could, could hardly walk. So this time, Kirsten's coming in. I heard she's in and out of mystical experiences. Uh, Slava and I go to the movie, Luc Besson movie. We come out of it. Uh, during the movie, I'm getting little things on my watch of, of like a location. I didn't realize till after the movie that Kirsten was in a park in a mystical experience and she couldn't drive. She could not drive. So she's sending me locations <laughs> and it's coming through my phone and my watch because she's incapable of driving. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I, five years ago, Helena couldn't, couldn't walk. Kirsten can't drive. So I, I talked to Svava, we got in the car, we started to follow the location, the pin that she dropped of the location where she was, this park in Sugar House. And as we're going over there, I'm looking over, as I'm driving, I'm looking over at Svava, and Svava now has gone into a mystical experience. She's, her eyes are all sparkly, and she's talking very slowly, and I'm like, well, that's the first time that it ever happened to me. Two of them in mystical experiences. And then I thought, wow, we have, we have a car, that, a vehicle that Kirsten uh, can't drive now. Slava's with me. And I thought, we're going to pick up Kirsten, but there's three of us, and two of them are in mystical experiences, and we have two cars. And now we have a shortage of drivers because... <laughs> of these mystical experiences. You see, everything gets orchestrated, even with the mystical experiences. We had holy encounters with Clint, with Jason, with Nicholas. Eventually, we, we all made it back. But it just is a beautiful idea that if you give yourself so fully over to the Spirit, if you, as they say in Christianity, if you become drunk on the Lord, <laughs> that everything is taken care of. 
everything down to the most minute detail is handled just for you to connect with and to merge with the Lord of the dance, that that's the point of everything. That's why we work on inner listening. That's why we, we have these discussions. That's why we extend all these resources and talks. It's all about giving yourself over to the divine and connecting and then beholding the world in a whole new way. Not a, a fragmented way, not a, not a sense of disconnection or separation, but this glorious unified dance of this new perception. So the reason we share these, these things is because we're so, so, so into the practical of starting with whatever you're perceiving. It doesn't matter what you're perceiving, but as we go deeper and deeper inward and it starts to clear away the cobwebs, and clear away these, these false uh, constructs and beliefs, you get lighter and lighter, you feel more like the light of the world, you feel more expansive. And the way to give you a context for how this is going to go, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit exchanges concepts. So in other words, the roles, the way you define yourself right now will become loosened and expanded with new self-concepts that come in, guided by the Holy Spirit, and taking you higher and higher and higher in awareness towards forgiveness, towards this stance I'm talking about, this unified experience. But that's why you have to let the Holy Spirit guide you, because the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the roles, gives you the assignments, tells you where to go, tells you what to do, tells you who to call, tells you who to email, to be in contact with, who to phone. And, and these guided, given assignments and, and given directions and instructions are absolutely essential to activate this wake-up me mechanism. In fact, if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, by default, you're listening to the ego. The ego wants to keep you asleep and dreaming and believing that you're stuck in time and space and separate from God and separate from each other. And the Holy Spirit's miracles and collaborations and self-concepts coming in, they take you higher and higher and higher in awareness. For example, let's say we use Kirsten and I. When Kirsten and I first came together, I was kind of a, a, a globetrotter, a world globetrotter. I, I met Kirsten in New Zealand because uh, Mia and, and Jackie, your mother, had invited me to come all the way down. They put it on Mia's husband's... Uh, credit card and got me down there and and I did gatherings there in in New Zealand when Kirsten came over uh, I was still kind of in my world globetrotter phase and that would go on actually for <laughs> quite a lot of years at the time I didn't know but and then Kirsten joining and then even though you would come through disability and we're going through a healing process then it wasn't that long that we were on the, we were on the road together. You were starting to globetrot a little bit too, down to like South America yeah. and Colombia and 
so forth, Argentina. Basically, that's even teaching the course, traveling, doing things. Those are all just concepts. Those are self-concepts. And the spirit was just using the concepts of David, of Kirsten, of travel in the undoing process, starting to loosen from those unconscious beliefs. We were constantly looking at these things. That's detailed in the book. <laughs> Very detailed in the book. If you nutrition, sleep, you know, travel, relationship. I mean, it's just all practical. The Holy Spirit wants you to unwind and un unlearn and undo these uh, false beliefs. And then over the years, you know, there, there have been uh, many, many other experiences that came in, but, but ultimately we can sit here and say to you, it's very expansive. Now it's, it's like the self-concept engulfs or embraces the whole universe in, in a sense. That's what the, the experience really is. You feel you're, you're connected to everything and everyone. You don't feel apart. You don't feel separate. You know, that's where, that's where all this is heading. But you see how practical it is. That's why we're talking about this on this Art of Listening uh, session, because this, this weekend is all about the practicalities, you know. Really, we're not asking you to just kind of twinkle your nose or click your fingers or, you know, try to just say, you know, I wish I may, I wish I might see the real world tonight you know it's not about affirmations or things we're, we're giving you the the context the the devotion required the the commitment required uh, to dive in to really dive in to have the inspiration to say i'm going to find this wake-up mechanism and i'm going to activate it because because it's there because it's in my mind mm. Yeah, it's awesome, David. It's a shift from here I am and I really need to hear guidance about something specific you know, to more like, like there is a plan. There is a plan and I can't miss the plan. I, it's my life. <laughs> it's my heart. There, I'm going to be shown. It's going to be revealed. And it's just about saying yes and, and opening to this being a forgiveness plan. And then the guidance becomes clear within this plan when the direction is, I want to follow you. I want to hear you. I want to serve you. That's the direction of the inner listening and, and it gets revealed. Like we, we can't mess it up because it, it comes to us. It's shown. Like on those early days, I remember going to the first gathering, thinking it's David's gathering and there's a chair and a microphone for me at the front of the room. I was like, what? I, I don't have anything to say. I'm brand new to all of this. But the willingness to say, okay, this is what, this is, this is what I'm being presented with. This is the Spirit's guidance and, and letting myself use it for my healing. And that's what it's all for every step of the way. And then tour coordinating, tour planning, you know, for, for tra it's like it just gets revealed this is what it is now this is my backdrop for listening and praying and relationship with you until it gets high and teaching but we're teaching and learning all the time so it's not that we all have a formal teaching function necessarily that's going to look the same way 
but we all have a teaching learning function, that's for sure. You can't avoid it. We're teaching all the time by our attitude. And we're teaching ourselves who we are. We're teaching the world who we are. We're teaching our brothers who they are by our attitude. You know, am I with the ego or the spirit? You know, and, and where are we teaching that the direction is to look for home and look for the answers? You know, that's our, our offering that we have. And I think for me, the reason I just was going into that mystical state, it's it's because um, it's not the, the goal. It's not that we can try to in, induce mystical experience. Jesus says, don't get distracted with, with the idea of psychic experience. They can become a distraction. But for me, it's always been an effect of forgiveness. When there's been a big loosening from the self-concept, um, then it's like a something completely releases in my mind and then poof, <laughs> Kirsten is no more. And I'm in this experience of oneness and, and connection. And it's a, a beautiful gift because that awareness stays in my mind and just becomes more and more familiar. Like this is the real world. This is the truth. This is the goal is to be at home in this. And it's occasional. It's, it's sort of dysfunctional as far as usual functioning in the world is concerned. But it, there's an integration of becoming aware of this unified, of unification that is the truth behind everything that's happening within. And I think on that last trip and even coming back in this direction, feeling like, all of the roles and positions that I once had, it's like I don't, nothing is solid anymore in, in my mind. Even the last invitations as I was traveling, it was just to come and be. Oh, just a friend saying, oh my, oh my God, I can't believe like, like Jen and my friend Tarana, when I heard go to California and I connected with them and and they both said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You would just come and be with me and pray with me and meditate with me. It's like the greatest gift I could ever imagine. And just to show up and be, uh, that in itself was, was a gift for me uh, to have no reason to be there other than this is God's plan and we're just going to be in the present moment together and, and allow his plan to reveal itself I mean of course there's miracles and um, yeah. yes it's it's really this inner listening what can I say we're we're here we're not here to try to te to teach you techniques um, to give you uh, affirmations it's really to to convey the motivation for the inner listening because what a powerful mind. If you can see the value of this inner listening and that that will activate the wake-up mechanism, which is, which is everything, then you don't have to so much worry about the techniques and you don't have to so much worry about... I mean, it will shorten your practicing uh, immeasurably. Uh, it will collapse time. Uh, just as there are pathways like uh, that require many 
years of contemplation or meditation to reach God, the miracle collapses time. Jesus says a holy relationship is given you as a means of saving time. What is, wow, that's amazing. Please tell me more. I like this idea. I want to get to this wake-up mechanism as soon and as fast as possible. And he's like, yeah, that's good. That's why you're my student. Okay, I'm glad. I'm grateful to be your student. You're the Lord of the dance, so you know the way. And then what beautiful ideas come in. You know, in the Bible, it says that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in A Course in Miracles, Jesus corrects that from the Bible and says, your relationship is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Pretty big shift from the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit to the relationship is the temple. That gets me curious. That gets me curious about relationships. If, the, if my relationships are the temple of the Holy Spirit, I'm a lot more attentive now to my relationships. I'm not trying to ditch people. I'm not saying, I'll just get out of here. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's the temple of the Holy Spirit here, and I want to get in touch with that. When Jesus says all health is, is inner peace, I take that to heart. You mean the health is not of the body? No, no. It's health is inner peace. That's an invitation to free my mind from all those thoughts about medicine, all those thoughts about the body and the systems of the body and the enzymes and the nutrition of the body and the exercise of the body and, and healing the body and maintaining the body. Health is inner peace. He's telling us that healing is of the mind, solely of the mind, that everything in the body is a reflection of what's going on in the mind. Mind is causative. Body is an effect. Don't try to tinker with the effects, he says. Go for the cause. Go back to where the source is. Go where the true healing is. Don't try to fool yourself and trick yourself. You know, you think you heal the body and it, it, it something else comes out. Another symptom, another thing comes. What about my sustenance? What about my survival? You know, Jesus is saying, I'll provide for you. You know, he said that in the Bible. Look at the lilies of the field. They neither spin nor toil, but their clothes greater than Solomon. In the Course, he's, he's constantly telling us that if, if you put the plan of awakening and the purpose and the plan first, then everything else will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, all else will be added. He's very explicit about this in the Course. He's not, he's not wishy-washy. He's not kind of this, kind of that. He's very, very direct. So for me, that's why... I wanted to hear Jesus's voice. That's why I wanted to hear the Holy Spirit is because this is the way, the truth, and the life. This is the fast track to transcend time and space in awareness, in, in mind. This is given explicit instructions. I have to say it's an amazing tool of very, very explicit instructions. There's even a part in the Course where Jesus says, this Course has everything that you need. 
I like that. I was a big reader. I read a lot of books. It's a relief to hear that this course has everything that you need. And so I took it at face value. I, I said, okay, then I will drop the rest and I will give everything over to this. And in doing so, giving everything over to really give myself over to the Course in a full, full way, then the connection, the inner listening with Jesus and the Holy Spirit just became so clear. Like that song, No Static At All. <laughs> it was so clear. And that's where the time collapse happens. That's where instead of needing years or decades or even centuries <laughs> to wake up, to activate that wake-up mechanism, it is shortened immeasurably by the desire to listen and follow and connect. And, and I have to say again, too, that the inner listening, the art of listening is, is a means. It's not an end. Uh, anybody who who has opened into this divine stillness and these revelatory kind of I'll say revelatory experiences, there there isn't a sense of there is no art of listening in revelation. There is no art of listening in stillness because it, the silence is so sweet, but the silence is the end. That's what heaven is. Heaven is divine silence. There is no need for words. There is no need for listening. There is nothing distinct to be a speaker and a listener. Uh, there is no instructor and instructee in oneness. In the actual state of silence, divine silence and stillness, there is no art of listening. The art of listening is a mechanism. It's a means to put you in touch with reality. It's a means to put you in touch with a still mind. It's a means to take you towards a state of grace. And you want to give yourself over to, to a state of grace. So that's what we're going to be exploring. What a topic. I mean, what a huge topic. Uh, we have here because it's so important. It's actually so important to get in touch with the means. God would never give you an end without giving you the means to reach the end. That would be cruel if, if you were given an end, but you had no way to get access to it. It would be cruel to talk about the kingdom of heaven without an awakening mechanism that's in your mind that can be activated. That would be cruel to, to do that. And God is so loving. God only wants to, to be re revealed. Love only wants to reveal itself to you as itself and as who you are and who I am. So this is our big outstretched welcome to, to join with us in thought, in prayer, to give your heart over this weekend and say, I'm worth it. I am worth going inward for this wake-up mechanism. I, I want to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And you will not regret this. I, I mean, so 
if you think I'm happy, I'm just happy because it's so wonderful and it's so accessible and it's so available and and I so love to share it. I get excited about it. I get like a little boy who's uh, at Christmas time <laughs> when we start talking about these things. I really get uh, excited about this because to me this is so, so, so precious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is. Well, we'd love to hear from you. We have, um, we have at least 90, I would say there's probably 100 of us present, probably more if we include who is gathered together down at La Casa and, and everyone here. Um, and there's quite a few new yes. participants here who we haven't met before. There's the, the bulk of everyone is this family of God who come together most, most months. Um, and it's so wonderful to all see all of your familiar faces. And then we have some newcomers. And so we thought perhaps um, we'd love to hear from any of you who are brave enough to put up your hand electronically and, uh, and perhaps just share how you heard about the, the online retreat um, and just what your prayer is for, for this weekend. Um, just a way of, of, of introducing yourself from your heart of, yeah, what is your prayer? Where are you right now with this calling? What inspired you to be with us this weekend? Well, we definitely have some hands up, so I'll start introducing them to you. Uh, first up is Desiree. Go ahead, Desiree. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, um, I heard about this online retreat um, because I registered uh, for your retreat in uh, October in Holland. And um, I have a very specific question about um, inner listening because by this uh, register, I had, uh, I had to say where I want to stay. I want to stay on a camping site or on a, a double <laughs> bedroom. <laughs> And I just totally didn't know. So I said to Jesus, tell me, tell me, what do I have to, to say? And this is one week later. And I asked uh, uh, Monique, the organization, um, if I can, uh, um, how do you say it? If I can answer her on next Monday <laughs> I say to her, I have this weekend retreat on inner listening. So I, I don't know what to do with this. This is a very small example. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's a good example. I don't know what, what Jesus wants from me. What is the best thing to do? Can I just say, oh, I do this. I go to a hotel or I just in the castle. I, I just... I don't know. So, but I think you already answered it a little bit because I wrote down um, 
no, uh, how do you say it, specific. Don't um, be very specific and want a specific answer, but just say, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Desiree. You know, it, it is not an unusual question that you're raising. In fact, uh, there are two more people that are beloveds that are right online with us right now that in a previous online retreat, um, their mother and daughter, uh, Gertie and Lainey, are online with us right now, and they were registering and booking a room, and we ended up talking about uh, the very topic uh, that you're raising uh, on a previous online retreat for the very same retreat you're talking about at the castle. So it's, uh, it's a nice castle and there's camping spots and rooms and so forth. And so part of that was starting to get in touch with what felt important uh, in terms of, of that. And then uh, there was a, a roommate introduced who actually is online with us too. There's the three... <laughs> that we're all discussing the same topics around roommates and and what would feel most helpful. Is it helpful to feel like I am have more spaciousness and am off a bit? Or uh, does it feel helpful to be in a room with, with uh, someone else sharing a room? And and you can start to go inside and, and start to feel that out, like what would be the most helpful for you and then also be willing uh, to let it be shown and given, because that's what uh, the previous discussion was about, um, because uh, there was some preferences of roommates <laughs> involved, uh, who I want uh, to be my roommate. And so there was a lot of healing and forgiveness that, that goes on just around the very same question that you're raising. So it's, it's actually been asked before in, in that sense, and I feel like you're just giving yourself this weekend to really absorb and listen and then really tune into your heart. And in terms of before you uh, uh, go, go to Monique on Monday with your answer, you know, you can just really sit with it and, and pray with it. So it's very practical. <laughs> Thank you, Desiree. Thank you. Okay, up next is um, Hazel Forey. Go ahead, Hazel. Hello. You can hear me okay? Yes. Yes. Hi, Hazel. Such a, um, an honor and a privilege uh, to be with you. Um, I, I'm uh, in uh, Kelowna, British Columbia, so um, uh, what brought me to this was um, I have always been a seeker of truth and in my possession have had the Course in Miracles for probably 30 years and just kind of dabbled in it. And then the intensity of my life uh, escalated and um, I finally got the kick I needed to uh, dive deeply into the Course. So for the past year, I've been uh, studying the lessons uh, just to kind of... Um, receive uh, some answers and um, uh, so it's been a real ride to get here um, and today I'm on lesson 340 and um, 
it's all about I can be uh, free of suffering. And today is probably one of the most peaceful days I have had in years. And um, it was very excited to be, I just enrolled for this course today at, I don't know, 3.30, and, um, but I'd heard the message to take it. And I've been following you and your talks on uh, YouTube for um, a few years. And uh, I just retired. I was a school teacher. I just retired on Friday. And um, I'm just, yeah, really, um, it was a struggle. Uh, there were a lot of um, insights and just a lot of um, growth opportunities. And I'm just um, relieved. My main goal is uh, health uh, through uh, inner peace because uh, my mind has given me some trouble. And um, thank you for uh, reminding us that relationships are the temple of the Holy Spirit because um, it's, uh, it's my passion to uh, th this course for $65 has given me so much value. And, uh, you know, prior to that, spending thousands of dollars on healing and uh, just trusting that this would provide so much insight and value. So I'm just very grateful for you all. Thank you, Hazel. Oh, thanks, Hazel. Thank you. We're, we're honored to be with you on your first day of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a great adventure. We're in this together. <laughs> How beautiful. Thank you. Okay, up next, um, I'll try and pronounce this. It's uh, Rama Desha Detron. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, all I can say is that feeling deep inside, my heart is very happy, uh, you know, to be here today. And uh, I've been following you, just like the present lady said before, uh, for a few years. And the information and content for uh, the course has been very incredible uh, for shifting and healing my life. And for what I used to think was traumatic is now blissful. And um, just to have a very, very happy heart. Um, I had the beautiful opportunity at the end of last winter to jump on crew for the last silent retreat you had uh, at the monastery for a couple of weeks and uh, help winterize the facility. So I had a nice little beautiful time experiencing uh, the depth and the uh, living for a couple of weeks and highly recommend that to everybody. It was really an incredible learning time and supply with a lot of tools in a short visit. Other than that, uh, love you guys. Pleasure to be here. Having a great time. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. How sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, up next is Barbara Waterfall. Go ahead, Barbara. Oh, no sound yet. We can't no, hear you. No sound yet. We can't hear you. Yourself. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. I uh, I do Zoom a lot, so I don't know why that didn't work um and i love zoom 
I'm, uh, I live in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. And uh, I am uh, uh, recovering, recovered uh, addict, alcoholic of 35 years. So we have worked the 12 steps. Um, and in early recovery, I was introduced to the Course in Miracles and uh, tried to work it. And I would just throw the book across the room. I didn't understand it. How could this table not be real kind of a thing. But um, I kept, uh, I never got rid of the book. It, it, I, I moved around a lot and the book always came with me. And last uh, year, I, I just hit such a severe bottom with, with my workaholism and, and uh, my ego um, acting out at work. And uh, I picked up the book again and I said, what am I going to do with you? And this piece came through me and I said, okay, there's something in this book. And so I, I've been uh, working the Course of Miracles since August of last year. And, you know, I don't know how I'm doing with it. I like I pray with deep sincerity, but my ego is a piece of work. And and uh, uh, so I get I, I get like really in the groove. And then there's this insanity drama in uh, like just a couple of days ago, I was in emergency with chest pains, you know, and it just, I guess, creating a drama. Although somebody tried to reframe it, that my heart was opening and in a big way, because I was really, really sincerely wanting to get forgiveness and uh anyway um so i'm on a journey and and um uh, very imperfectly me but certainly um a lot better than i was 35 years ago um so yeah and then uh i i came across uh i don't know if it was a miracle or whether it was artificial intelligence <laughs> Um, but I, I found uh, you, David, through YouTube, and I've been following you, and I'm now doing the course through you. I listen to you read the text, and then I listen to, the, to the, um, the, the lesson and then how you summarize the two, and I find that incredibly helpful. Sometimes I can't do the lesson. I'm just too insane. So I go back to the 12 steps and I go back to writing it out and inventorying and looking at, at my part. And then that gets me back on track. Um, and, and I can do the course again. So I, um, professionally, I'm very highly educated. Um, and I'm a perfectionist. So I had to give that all up and go, you know what, just, one day at a time, do this. And the most important thing for me is that it's real and it's sincere, you know? And like, as I was listening tonight, I was realizing, yeah. And when I'm in the shower, I'm not in the moment. 
I am, okay, what do I need to do next? And blah, 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 blah. Do I really listen to my friends or, or am I, you know, nattering on in my head, you know? So yeah, I want to get to this place where I'm in the moment all the time. And I don't know if I can do that in my current job. It's so intense. It's very, very, very busy. I've been praying about whether I should give up my career and just make the leap. Um, so I've been praying about that and asking to be, asking to be guided about that. But um, I just also, if it's okay, I want to say I had a funny dream about you, David, and I was at a retreat, but it wasn't online. It was, uh, it was in some kind of physicality. It was on an island. And, uh, and I had arrived on the island, but I forgot to, to bring my luggage. And so I didn't have any extra clothes or anything. And I was, uh, uh, really bothered about it. I wasn't paying attention to the retreat because I wanted my luggage. And when I woke up from the dream, I started laughing and I said, yeah, my ego wants to be on a spiritual journey and wants to keep my baggage. Like, how am I going to do that? Right? So uh, anyway, but I took it as a sign that I was supposed to be in a retreat with you. So that is why I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Yeah, it's interesting, the island thing, too, because I've spent the, the springtime setting up a retreat center on the island of Mallorca in the Mediterranean Sea. So maybe after you retire uh, from your career, maybe I'll see you over there. But I hope you, you land with your luggage so we can have a, a happy, happy joining over there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Yeah, lovely to meet you. <laughs> That's great. Next one is uh, Deborah in Ohio. Go ahead, Deborah. Hi, everybody. It's so good to be with you guys again. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay, I'm, I'm just I'm at the tail end of bronchitis, so I, I'm kind of yelling at everybody. So I'm just so excited to be with you guys again. I was on a retreat with you in January of 2008. And, and that, I took notes. I, I was just stunned because I said, this is what I want him to talk about. This is what I need to hear. That question in there um, about the conditions, you know, let me... You, it's your fear. It's yours. I, 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 you have to do something with it. Um, raising body thoughts. I mean, I was crazy. I'm like, what is all of this stuff? Well, you laid it out imperfectly. So <laughs> I have kind of been feasting on that, really, since January. Now, from there, I love your instrument for peace worksheets. I'm a geek for any, on all of that. Um, I'm always in the periphery. You guys are in my, my living room. I know every single one of you, <laughs> who you are, your laughs, your voices. You're in my living room every day. 
Um, you're, you're just the best. And I am on such a deep unwinding. I mean, I take this stuff very seriously. People think I'm crazy. Um, cause I'm crazy. I just one day said, you know, I'm trying too hard. My ego is loving this course in miracles. This intellectual part of it just has me wound in so deep. And I thought, well, how deep am I wound? And it, it's an amazing, it's been an amazing daily, minute by minute, just to see how wound I have been for 63 years into everything you talk about. You know, I think you're speaking right to me. Um, so one day I just said, you know what? I, I just don't know what to do. David said, this isn't, I don't, I don't have to convince myself. I'm trying to convince myself that this works. And I'm out in the world looking for, you know, this is what, oh, nope, this isn't working there. Oh, it might be working there. Um, and I just said, I'm done. Spirit, you'll just have to woo me. You'll just have to convince me. Um, so I'm done. Well, yeah, it's just been a popping ever since. Every morning, I can't wait to get up. I got up the other day. I was into your uh, awakening through uh, Course in Miracles, page 196. It says, when you've been raised with a system that sees the body is sacred, it takes an undoing of the belief that there is anything sacred in form. Everything is, everything in form is part of the forgiveness lesson. Wow. <laughs> So that's, that's kind of when I'm having a conversation with someone or when I'm in traffic or I just became a great grandmother this year for the third time, you know, form is like very, I'm seeing the sacredness in it and questioning in it. And I'm just here and I'm so, I'm so medicated. So I could just talk all night long to you guys. Um, that's kind of where I am. Just, just checking my woundedness. And you guys are there whenever I need you. I love you. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. It's so beautiful, too, because uh, we just love it when people make contact like this and, and use. We just love to share the tools, resources, and uh, instrument for peace um, was many years ago. And then the, we built this uh, Spiri app this uh, Facebook page and the app. And then I have to tell you, I had a, a fun treat, uh, Deborah, because I was just in Mexico and I was doing a session with the group down there. And uh, my friend Laverne, she said, well, you know, we now have a talking Spiri. You talk to Spiri and Spiri talks back. And so I said, well, okay, can I have a demonstration of uh, you? You enjoy talking and I thought well this could be something people will love but she got out this little thing called Google Home and uh, she started talking to it she said okay Google uh, um, connect me to the uh, Spiri uh, talking app 
And uh, Spiri came on and said, hi, Laverne, how are you feeling today? And she said, well, I'm a little anxious because uh, I'm, I'm thinking of doing a TED Talk. And, and Spiri went right on, well, let's see, would you like to look at this differently? And so I watched for 10 minutes uh, her talk to this app that was based on the, on the, the same instrument for peace that you use uh, in writing it out. So it's, the spirit's making it more and more fun to uh, engage in this and be convinced. You know, you don't have to personally try to, to work that out. You just have to be willing to allow it. And it's just it's very much fun, actually. I see a lot of fun in your face. You're actually really taking this on and enjoying it. And that's the best. That's the best. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh. <laughs> I love it when people say, you're in my living room every day. I know you so well. It just it feels... Yeah. Uh, the voices, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Family of God. Yes. <laughs> well, we're pretty close to the top of the hour. We've got a couple of minutes left. Would you like another... Or should we? Uh, yeah. yeah, let's have another. Sure. Okay, uh, Marlon Urdaneta, go ahead, Marlon. Okay. Um, my name is Marlon. I'm from uh, Venezuela. I live in Miami, in Miami, Florida. I have been. Uh, uh, I know the course for many years since I was like eight years old. But uh, last year I started study, studying the, the course and uh, I have been, you know, very happy until I get, you know, start studying the, the course. You know, it was like a big hit for me. I get depressed with the course and, you know, after like uh, almost um, like nine months, I'm feeling slightly better. I'm feeling better, but it, it was really, really hard at the beginning. Uh, so, and I identify a lot with, with Barbara because, you know, my, my you know, uh, I have um, uh, very hard uh, work and have uh, a, a lot of issues in, in, in my work and uh, very difficult to to match, uh, you know, the, this kind of spiritual life with uh, with the with my work. But uh, I think uh, uh, I feel the calling, and uh, I know that um, this. Uh, you know the courses that is not is something that is not going to fail. So you know I'm happy for that. Yes, beautiful. Mm. We're so glad to meet you. I I love <laughs> meeting people, and and I've been to Miami a number of times, and even launched from there to South America. So it's just beautiful to meet you, Marlon. And we're so grateful that you are having that call, acknowledging the calling inside of you, and. Yeah, since eight eight years old, it's uh, you're starting to get deeper into it. It sounds so. We're we're here to walk side by side with you and 
and uh, so you can feel the support of, uh, of, of others that are working and walking alongside you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mucho, mucho gusto. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you, everyone. It's, that's what we love about these Friday nights is just feeling loved and connected with you and welcoming you. And uh, as some of you know, uh, we, we will be having a movie session uh, uh, coming up tomorrow and in the afternoon. And then I'll have a session in the morning and, uh, and then Sunday as well, another session. So we will have plenty of opportunity to explore I see Deborah, you've written out a question too. So uh, if any of you want to write in and, and write your question out, if you feel like it needs more, uh, more uh, words to really express what, what the issue is, please do send it to us and we will make all efforts to uh, get in touch with these questions as well. We always do. So we'll have music, we'll have a movie, and we'll have lots of times to, to share and join very deeply. And, uh, and I'm sure by the time we roll around to Sunday, we'll have even more opportunities to join in on what, what the, the most important ideas and topics are. So thank you so much. It's just an honor just to be here with you and to see all your faces to be able to look you in the eye as we're, we're sharing this is, a, is an amazing thing for me always. And I love, I love the faces. <laughs> yeah, I do too. So many beloveds, beloved friends. It's so good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, love you everyone. <laughs>